I'm back, folks, back permanently, and this is episode seven of Two MFC podcast, and I think we're going to call this week in a kind of how clean is your house themed style, how shite are the clan? <laughs> I think that seems accurate, given what happened the weekend. Yep. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll touch on that a wee bit. We've got the usual classics, such as hopefully some critical mode. Yeah. Um, a wee bit of crazy stories from around the world and a few more interesting football stories this week to touch on. Quite a lot of funny stuff happened. Uh, and of course, we saw the conclusion of the Winter Olympic hockey and a decent win for Scotland in another ball game. So... Welcome to episode 7 and I guess we're going to start with the great form, the playoff push, Operation Playoffs. Right. It's Brayhead Clan. I thought when you said great form, I thought you meant your uh, bit of a disaster at the weekend. Well, (laughs) are we going to get into this? Why not? Oh look at that, I'm just looking at it, just as we're talking about nonsense, I'm just looking at a picture on the wall. And it's totally squint, and it didn't used to be that squint. Going to get that fixed. Sorry, folks. Uh, Podcast off till I fix that picture. I'll fill in. Um, are we talking about the booking fiasco? Um, yeah. Right. So, for some background, an unnamed restaurant was booked a number of weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I was going to say we could. What is booked? We could name them because. I don't think we'll be going back anytime soon, but Well, just for just for niceness. We'll be unnamed at the moment just for the story. Right. For podcasts. Uh, and it was it was booked for twelve people uh, on Saturday there. And the booking was made a number of weeks ago. But when we turned up there was no booking. Wasn't there. Guy didn't believe us. Asked for proof, had proof, had call logs. And by the end of it, he uh, had probably fired about 10 staff, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, he had a really kind of sinister look on his face. Yeah, he looked a bit like Humpty Dumpty with a wig. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so apparently not only am I terrible at predictions, but I'm also terrible at booking restaurants. But So what? So you actually, hey-ho. you actually booked for the wrong restaurant, is that right? No, that's wrong. The correct restaurant was booked. Right. There was just no record of it from their side. Right, okay. I thought you'd Not said that you booked the wrong one. No, the correct one was booked. <laughs> so all the blame lies lies at their door. So. Oh, well, that's okay then. Maybe next time it's a lesson to check. Maybe when you're booking for a large number of, number of people that it still exists. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we won't get into it too much. But my my prediction is as good as my booking. So, I will. It is what it is, as they say. It is what it is. Wasn't the worst thing that happened this weekend, as we know. No, it wasn't. The worst was probably the incident that occurred in Brayhead Arena between seven and ten o'clock on Saturday night ish. Yep, I'd say that's fair. Seems like a kind of criminal investigation here. Yep. Where were you? Yeah, it was a 7 and 10 on Saturday night. 
most of the players were posted missing by the looks of it. MIA or MOI missing on ice. <laughs> uh, Dundee skated out of Brayhead Arena with a 4 3 regulation time win, despite a hat trick for my previously criticised number 18, Adam Brace. Uh, from all accounts, it was just a, a terrible performance. And uh, it's the culmination of bad form and a lack of momentum. Yeah, I think your your criticism of Adam Brace was warranted. I think um, recently he's kind of started playing a bit better, probably since you said that. Maybe he listens to the podcast, who knows? Yeah, him and one other maybe. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe we should just slag them all and just see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was a game that I would say Brayhead essentially had to win. Definitely Dundee had to win, but now looking at the table, I would put Coventry and Dundee ahead of us in terms of favourites for that eighth spot. Dundee, because they've got games in hand, and Coventry because their form's picked up, really. I would say so, yeah. I think if we, if we don't make the playoffs, I can't see John Trout being here next season, if I'm yeah. honest. Yeah, that's a total disaster. And it's not it's maybe not hundred percent his fault, but you just need to look at the, the length of time it took to to bring in the, the right guys. Or in this case potentially the wrong guys. Yeah. In terms of the whole team, but yes, I know you mean the improvements as the season went on. It's just it's a bit it's a bit too late now. You know, those guys like well, guys like Brace and stuff have only recently started to pick up a bit of form. I think even if, if you look at if Clan were to get in the playoffs and it looks like almost certainly going to play Cardiff if ever fin- finishes eighth, that's still just getting there, I think's not not really good enough for me either. No. Regardless of whether you're playing Cardiff and almost certainly uh, losing that one. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's not good enough, but you would like to say anything can happen in the playoffs, but playing Cardiff, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you look at a, a couple of teams that even Guildford, who are new to the league and as good as they've been, I still think it's probably disappointing that we'll be so far behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're in one of the spots. And then Fife as well, as good as they've been. Yeah. You never, you never want uh, Fife to be taken up a higher seeding playoff spot than yourself. So all in all, it's looking pretty bad and the, the fixture's still to come. We've still got some tough games. And I just don't I don't see where we're gonna outperform Dundee or Coventry in current form. No, I can't really see that either. I don't know where we're gonna find the motivation now to because we've left it too late more than anything else. We keep harping on about Operation Playoffs, but that's that's been in that's been in gone now. Yep. And you think obviously the players themselves know that they'll be playing Cardiff if they do get the eighth spot. And does that mean they've essentially given up already? I mean it was a it was a one one game weekend there. Yeah. Uh Dundee having played on the Friday. And I think we'd said before that I really thought we should win and fancied us to win, but it wasn't the case. Unfortunately, I mean, Lawrence, I think it was 
Chris Lawrence scored with 50 seconds on the clock. And potentially that just sets the tone, shows the difference between the, the attitude of the two two sets of players. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't want to question the players' sort of effort, I guess. Um, you would like to think that they're giving 100% every time they go out, but it just, it's just not looking like it just now. And I don't know whether that's that they're not playing, they're not playing for the team, or they're not playing for John Tripp. Yep, he seemed. I mean, as an individual, taking aside kind of his demeanour and how he comes across now, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who would probably get the best out of players. A kind of hard-working guy, not too dissimilar to Finnerty, probably, but it just the way he's coming across now after games and. And interviews and things, it just looks like he's flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just looks kind of dejected, doesn't he? Yeah, and that—that's not what you want. I mean, you—you you obviously don't want him coming out and saying everything's great, but a bit of positivity is uh, doesn't go amiss. But you—you you, you have to address that there are problems. You can't be coming out saying, "Yeah, we've played well and stuff." But yeah, you could use the old uh, positivity sandwich. Theory. What's what's the positivity sandwich theory then? Positivity sandwich theory is you start with a positive and then end end in a positive as well. So you've got basically your your negative bit in the middle. Right. Okay. Like your uh, your greens, your broccoli, or anything, whatever else you'd maybe not want in a sandwich. Aye. Yeah. Can't really. I've not got an example now, but just could be anything. Yeah, no. So, um, it's not looking good. The next, the next fixtures for us, personally, are Sheffield at home on Saturday. I think the third will be Saturday. Yeah. I guess we can just touch on our own fixtures. There's not. I don't think there's too much more to say about the Dundee game other than that it was a disaster. Really. <laughs> no, no. As bad as it sounds, we had like we had. Shattuck and uh, was Goodfeld back as well? Yeah, right. So I didn't really see, like, I didn't see him in the highlights. Then, but. He was back, and uh, so was Peacock. No, oh, yeah, Peacock, of course. Unfortunately, the two Goodfeld aside, I don't think the other two are players that have really had much of an impact, and mm. really, how much of a positive is that that they're actually back in the lineup? <laughs> well, exactly. That's that's the question you need to ask yourself. It's Sheffield, Sheffield on Saturday, and again it's only only one game at the weekend. Given how last Saturday went, I don't think there's any chance we're going to win that. And how we normally play against Sheffield. Yeah, no, I can't see it either. I mean, we've seen Sheffield up here when when we've been at the top of our game uh, in years gone past, and it's always been a a difficult game. So. I, I expect, you know, Sheffield to be, be looking for a higher seeding as well when it comes to playoffs. So, yeah, they've got everything to play for as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be, well, it's obviously not going to be easy, but it's it's going to be really tough considering if we can't, if we can't pick up anything against Dundee, then it's, uh, it's not looking great. No. The other teams that uh, are round about is there. Dundee go to... Uh... Nottingham on Friday. Obviously, Nottingham beat them in Dundee uh, the week before 
last Friday there. I think Dundee will do well to get to get any points from that. And for our sake, hopefully not. Coventry are at home to Edinburgh and you have to say that's going to put them two points ahead of us at the end of those fixtures. Yeah, certainly, certainly looks that way. Um, are they both playing two games this weekend? Uh, yeah, so Dundee are away at Nottingham on the Friday and then away in Edinburgh on the Sunday. And I, and I think they're going to win that. Yeah. Coventry home to Edinburgh on the Saturday and then away to Guildford on the Sunday, which hmm. of course is much trickier. So they they may only pick up two points that weekend, but either way, I think you'll see at least one of those teams have pushed ahead of us after this weekend's fixtures. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, unless a miracle happens and and Edinburgh somehow managed to get a four-point weekend, then it's, it's looking bleak for us. The other thing I wanted to pick up on was uh, was uh, was Jordan Boesa in the in the pool for Saturday night's game. He was not. Yeah, because I thought I thought I'd seen him in a Solway jersey. Yeah, he was not. He was not there in the lineup. So I mean. He, you could argue he's he's the only player that's kind of given you any heart of late and uh, just been thrown down to Solway. Yeah. I guess obviously it's good for him to get kind of more experience playing. I guess like getting a lot a lot more ice time. Yeah, as well. but I mean, given how well he's done done in recent weeks, that's potentially a surprise. But I, I don't know how the the contractual situation works there or whatever. But uh, no. So it was it was a, a poor defeat for us and uh Dundee Dundee as well, as I said, having lost uh at home to Nottingham on, on the Friday. I thought we should have capitalised on that, but wasn't to be. No. Did you see the the post match interviews then? Uh I did. And I saw I saw the highlights as well, which I have to say were I don't know, seemed to change in quality every week. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed really bad this week. Aye, it's not even it's not even just the players or no behind the scenes now. It's again, it just it seems to be everyone. Yeah, I mean, understand. I think equaliser braces first goal was a crazy bounce off the boards. Maybe right? Is that? I don't, I don't know. Just judging from comments and things, I understand you maybe missed that, but just the general presentation of them is gone down significantly from the past. Yeah, I would say so. It's yeah. almost just hacked together. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems that way sometimes. But like Tripp's interview after the game, he was quite scathing of the of our top line. And although although we went out of the game, it's difficult just to kind of pinpoint one line and just say they are they're the sole reason why we didn't get the win. I think he needs to shave that beard. <laughs> I think the whole persona of him has been lost a wee bit. I think he looks lost. Yeah. Without without the the original moustache and presence that he had. Not that that's any sort of reason, but just saying, just an aside. Well, it could be. We don't know. Is it a playoff beard? <laughs> Operation playoff beard. It's as bad as Hamelinen's. Hamelinen's is absolutely shocking. 
Yeah. You would never see Captain Keith with any facial hair. Never mind nonsense like that. <laughs> but no, no, he did he did criticize that top line and I remember early on in when Trip came he it kind of sounded quite refreshing that he he was throwing players under the bus. I don't I don't remember. Don't know if you remember that, uh, a couple of times and you know, people were quite quite happy to hear that, but uh, he wasn't happy with that line. Well, I'm not sure you can put the blame solely at, at their feet, as you said. No, true. Um, although, I mean, was every was there were they minus four for the night? Was every Dundee goal scored when they were out? Mm, I can't be too sure, but I just know that uh, Petoni pretty much just yes, yeah, yeah. It was it was a kind of no look pass as well. It was a really gallus. Very odd. Yeah, you can't be doing that and getting away with it, I guess. But I mean, that's that's plain for for everyone to see. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he needs John Tripp to tell you that he's made a right arse. Yeah. No, I mean you're always going to get mistakes, but things like that definitely don't help. No. And uh, and they've been they've been quite good this season. Certainly, obviously, Petoni's been out, but Brooks and Schofield have been a bit of a highlight. Uh, if you were looking to pick something out. I guess so, um, but I just worry that I don't think we've done it enough. But well, I mean, we'll probably we'll probably come on to that probably towards the end of the season, and we'll discuss who we want to come back. And to be honest, at the moment, it's you could probably count on one hand. You could count on one finger. You could count. <laughs> you could count on one hand the amount of people you would want back throughout the organisation. I think. Yeah. And fans, including the fans. We'll just we'll, we'll go through every fan, right? See if we want them cleared out as well. Every season, take it over. Just other results then on that that weekend. We covered most of them probably there, but Coventry got a good home win in overtime against Guildford, continuing their pick up in form, mm. and uh, Manchester, who are absolutely flying, stopped stopped last night by. The mighty Flames, but beating Cardiff three one—that's a a great result. Yeah, it was, a, it was a a huge win for Manchester. I think we both predicted that as well. I think so, yeah. Which is even even more pleasing. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean they were like it was some run that they were on because that that took them on to ten wins, wasn't it? Ten wins. Yeah, so yep. I mean that that's good form. That's the kind of form that you would be looking for, say, if you were. Maybe making a push, uh, a push to the playoffs or something. Yeah, and I mean that. There's that thing of, you know, obviously, we were looking for a change last year and mm. had Finnerty, the whole Finnerty thing becomes stale and whatever. But I think it shows he's still, still got as a coach and he's recruited a decent, decent team there and they're sitting comfortably in second now, three points clear of Belfast. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt that Brian Finney was a was an excellent coach. I think he just got a bit unlucky when it came to the playoffs and losing losing three out of four quarterfinal games. Yeah, I mean, we'll see when it actually happens, but it'll be interesting how they got on in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I'll be. If he's got some sort of mentality mm. carrying over when he's, he's got that hoodoo is attached to him. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see anyway. Nobody wants to play them, that's for sure. No, uh, absolutely not. I think 
I think obviously if you're finishing seventh or eighth, mm. you're in trouble. Yeah. Albeit, albeit, I'd rather face Manchester. I think we've done all right against them at home, certainly, and then we did win against them a couple of weeks ago down there. Yeah. Uh, firepower that they've got would worry me. Uh, not that we need to worry because we won't be playing them. <laughs> but no, it's been been really impressive for them after the coaching change and the bringing in all those new players. Although we knew what three of them in particular could do. Yeah. Belfast beating Sheffield uh, at home 2-1 and after having troubles of their own recently Belfast <clears throat> that's quite a solid win yeah. for them against a Sheffield team that are always always there or thereabouts. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good win. A good way for them to get back on track. Um, I don't know what their fixtures are like this weekend but we'll see if they can Continue. Yep. The other other result there was Fife beating Nottingham in a shootout in their uh, Gardner Conference trophy lifting celebration match. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is a good win. I'd have taken that for ourselves, and they had a few a few injuries going into that game, and then a couple picked up during it. Mm. So it's it seems that. Really, in general, they've they've had an excellent season. Albeit, obviously, we'll come on to their Sunday result, but they're winning games that last year they'd have probably found ways to lose. Yeah, that's it. It's just it's just that wee bit extra quality. I think they've maybe found this year. Yeah, and of course that Andy Ailes as well has made a huge difference to them. Oh, aye, absolutely. He is he is a top goalie. Um, it, it begs the question. Obviously, Ryan Nye is is a good goalie. If you put him in the Fife team, I think he'd I think he'd do well. I, I think it's the way teams are defensively makes such a big difference and you're not talking about you know yeah. the keeper as much when when he's just not facing as many shots. No, definitely that's I mean that's it, spot on. Uh, we brought Nye in with the intention of well Trippett said they could face fifty shots a game. Yeah, this is this is this is the thing, isn't it? This seems to be a recurring theme, but it's true though because you don't want him facing fifty shots a game. You don't, but it's almost as if he's built the team with the fifty <laughs> shots in mind. Yeah, well, exactly. It's I mean, like it's a game show, some sort of target that we've got 50 to try and reach fifty points, fifty shots against every game. Welcome back to fifty shots. I don't really remember. I mean, last year. Zajkowski, obviously, defence wasn't great. No. Last year either, but it just seems there's something about it. It's just not not solid at all. And you can't have a keeper facing 50 shots, regardless how good it is. We've said this so many times. <laughs> I know. We're only on episode seven, but we've said it. Yeah, seven times. <laughs> on countless occasions. Not even on the podcast, just... At the games as well, yeah. but when you start when you start the season with the roster that we had, I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. I don't know how we didn't we didn't lose by by more goals. I guess, yeah. I don't Probably at the start of the year. I don't think too many people would be completely against Nye coming back, but you'd mm. like to think that you could see what he, he he really could do if we 
if we had a defence that, you know, cut out 10, 15 shots against per game. Yeah. It's not just the defence, it's, it's a team thing, like blocking well, yeah, shots yeah. and doing simple things and getting in shot lanes, shooting lanes and things. Yeah, well, I mean, like, as, as John Tripp said at the start of the year, build your team from the back. Yeah. Which is what we failed to do. Maybe he was did. looking in a mirror when he said that. <laughs> and he actually meant that he was looking at the forwards when he said the back. Right, but even then, even then, even then it's not really been built from the, from the forwards either, has it? No, I wouldn't say so. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's we'll see what happens, but it's not a great time at the moment. No, we'll, we'll reserve judgment on John Tripp until the end of the season. Yep. Yeah. After, after, after a scathing review. Yeah. Fife then went to Sheffield on Sunday and got pumped. 8-1. Yeah, dancer. I mean, I, I think they were struggling for numbers. Um, maybe, to be honest, maybe they just had a, a big night out as well. Although I doubt it, but it was a bit of a surprise. But Sheffield can do that, especially at home. Yeah, aye, definitely. So it's not without the realms of possibility that it could happen to us next week. Absolutely. And you wouldn't you wouldn't really put it past them. Yeah. Wouldn't put it past us either. I mean, I seem to remember last year, for the first time after we won the the conference trophy, did we not kind of parade it as well? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I really think about that in terms of an omen or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a different, different, different sports, but um, we'll see what what Fife's result graph does after that that game. But to be honest, the perfect way to bounce back is I think they play Edinburgh twenty uh, eighth, which is what Wednesday. So mm. any any sort of confidence issues or whatever else went on after that 8-1 result I think they'll just get straight back to it and probably put a number of goals past Edinburgh Yeah, you would probably think so but you never know who knows what will happen after the, the conference yep. one because I think when, when we when we did it and we paraded it did we not at the start we, we weren't touching the trophy or something like that yeah, maybe. Or, or we weren't touching the trophy and then we weren't touching it the year after or something. It didn't really make a difference. Yeah, um, something daft like that, yeah. So, just hold it. Just hold it, mate. Um, Coventry continuing their good form. Scored eight at Milton Keynes. So, it was it was 8-5 to the, the visiting Blaze, which, which is a, a good win, really good win for them. They need it. Every point they can get. That's the form that we wish we had, to be honest. Exactly. Scoring, scoring five goals in the third period as well. Yeah. Um, albeit, I think three were or three were power play goals and one was an empty right. netter. But still, though, I mean, I mean, three power play goals, that is stuff that we yeah. can only dream of. Yeah. It's another thing that's just not happened for us. At least last year you had that guarantee of goals from the HBP line. Yeah. I was going to say BHP and I decided I'm going to change it but it actually is BHP. <laughs> you know, he had that sort of excitement which he's not really had this year. The the Panthers went to Edinburgh um, in a, I guess, a kind of rugby-esque Scotland-England clash. This time, though, England pumped his. Nottingham scored 10 
to Edinburgh's win, and I don't think that's the first time that Edinburgh have conceded 10 this year. No, it's not. It's not even the second time they've conceded 10 right. this year. It's that total disaster, really. Um, and again, Nottingham scored five goals in the first period. Who was it? Was, in, uh, was it Beres Cavani that was in goals for Edinburgh? No, what? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. I don't think so, anyway. Let's see. Just getting the game sheet up here. Jordan McLaughlin. Yeah, it was McLaughlin. And, uh, and, Strange. And Nottingham played Galbraith for half the game. Yeah. Um, and then brought in Sam Gosby. Is there kind of third choice? But so I mean that kind of explains where that many goals come from. But it's just it must be depressing to, yeah. to be associated with Edinburgh. That's probably the amount of goals that we would concede. Like if we if we didn't have two kind of decent yeah. goalies and nine Russell, maybe not ten, but it would certainly be. Certainly yeah, be up there, and it would be more than one occasion. Yeah, Kilford, um finally ended Manchester's winning streak with a four-one win. And regardless of how Manchester played that night, that's an impressive win for Guildford. Yeah, definitely. To take out a, a team as much on form as uh, as Manchester, it's um, it's a great feat. Um, they're currently sitting sixth in the league now. So, I mean, what would that be? They'd be looking at a, a tie against, would it be Sheffield or potentially Fife, depending where they finished? I'm not sure. As I've said before, I, I like them. I'd, I'd like to see them do well there. Um, they've picked up some good results all season, albeit sometimes a bit inconsistent. They've been they've been really good for the league. Yeah, definitely. Uh, said that at the start of the year, like, it would be good... It'd be good to expand the league a wee bit so you're not playing the same teams all the time, pretty much. Although, getting sick of the sight of yeah. Dundee now. But. but then we're sick of the sight of all of those teams by this point every year anyway, so <laughs> the only way you change that is is obviously to bring in a different fixture system, which is for another time, but yeah, no, it's, they've done really well. Cardiff on Sunday, back to winning ways. Like they always seem to get uh, six to win over Belfast in Cardiff, and uh, that puts them ten clear, I think, at the top of the table. Uh, as always, as every week, looking unassailable. Uh, I think they can almost get the league, the league trophy over to Cardiff uh, already. Yeah, definitely. And now, now obviously, the in terms of games in hand, really, Fife have got the most. Even if they played their four, they'd still be seven points. Seven points clear. Yeah, no, it's pretty pretty far in front. Um, the thing is, though, like if Cardiff and never, or rarely will they lose more than sort of two games in a row before they yeah. go back to winning ways. And so they just kind of. Yeah, that's a sign of a good team, really. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. And that's why they've been where they are the past few years. Uh, we uh, we touched a bit on some of the upcoming games, but just just to cover the rest of them while we're still still in the league chat, um, Nottingham are home to Dundee. I think we said that, which is on on the Friday night. I think Nottingham probably probably beat Dundee there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Well, they have yeah. really for us. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, we need to. But then I um, need to start supporting other teams. <laughs> I'm just kind of at the point now where I'm like, is it even worth it getting into the playoffs? But like what you said earlier on, because we're going to be playing Cardiff, so there's a, there's only yeah. really one winner there. Yeah, on the Wednesday, I think we said Fife at home to Edinburgh. There's no way Edinburgh are going to win that. Just like I said, there's no way they'll win Belfast. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what though. See if Edinburgh win. Are you going to leave? I'm going to quit the podcast. Right, okay. Brilliant. Uh, Cardiff are, are at home to Manchester. Tasty clash on Friday. That's a big one. It is a big one. Obviously, the return we predicted last week that Manchester would beat Cardiff and we were right, which is bonus points to us. I think Cardiff at home, super strong. It'll be a close one. I think we'll just edge it. Yeah, I think they're a, they're a different animal at home. So, yeah, I can't see anything other than a, a Cardiff win. Saturday fixtures. Belfast at home to Milton Keynes. I'm going to say Belfast will probably win that. Yep, agreed. Home win. We've said Clan against Sheffield, unfortunately. Away win, I think. Yeah. Coventry play Edinburgh. Home win. Not quite a, a, th- a threat a threat of leaving there. <laughs> no. But I think, I think Edinburgh will lose every game the rest of the year, to be honest. It's that sort of situation. Yeah, potentially. Um, we've got the, we've got the. Oh, we've got us to play. <laughs> but that's true. So. And everyone's looking at fixtures against us as potentially two points. Yeah, rightfully so. Fife at home to Manchester. Another tough one to call. Mm. Uh, I think Fife won their last time. Was that maybe the game that Rose Hill got chucked out? Mm. Well, I mean, you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> need to be specific don't you <laughs> uh, I think Manchester might win that one I've yeah, just got a feeling Manchester going in there taking the points yeah I'm going to go with Manchester as well just because I think they'll I think they'll push uh, Cardiff but I still just think Cardiff are a bit out of sight now. finally on the Sunday Milton Keynes at home to Fife tricky one to call Uh Depends what kind of state Milton Keynes are in, I think, in terms of injuries. I've not really seen Fife as well, though. Yeah. I think Fife might sneak that. Uh, although I could see a home win wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm going to go Milton Keynes, I think. Okay. Edinburgh at home to Dundee. I think might be closer than people think, but again, Dundee with everything to play for. Edinburgh with nothing. Yeah. And you're going to go in there and win that. I think you're going to see at least 12 goals in that game. Right. That would be my... Seven for one team or a, a bigger swing than that? I don't know. I'm not really too sure. I just think it'll be, it'll be a, a high scorer. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Maybe a 7-5 or an 8-4 maybe. Okay. That'd be a good call if it is. Um, in Guildford at home to Coventry... I think Guilford will win that. Hope Guilford win it for our sake as well. Yeah, I'll go Guilford as well. So, again, another one game week for us. Another must win, but another won't win, I think, unfortunately. Another must win, another won't win. <laughs> must, can't cook, won't cook. 
<laughs> Must win, won't win. Must win, won't win. Yeah, we'll need to get Ainsley Harriet in to do this. <laughs> Staying on the hockey then, I guess slightly away from the league, unless there's anything else you, you wanted to talk about there. No, I'm quite happy to move on. Um, is the, the Olympic, Olympic final, which I didn't stay up for, but I did... I did record it, and it was almost the sort of fairy tale ending for Germany, who had an unbelievable tournament. Yeah, there was like NHL pay dispute aside. Yeah, it was. No, it was a a four three, I think, win for Canada in the end, or was it five four? Uh, or for for Russia, sorry, Olympic athlete from Russia, because of course there's only one of them. Um, they won it in overtime, but. Uh, Germany had the lead right yeah. up until the end, uh, and and Russia Russia just equalised, having pulled their goalie. Uh, but some really good stuff in their high standard, even and and we'd said a, a few weeks ago with the, the Olympics, what effect will not having the NHL players there have? Well, I think it enabled Germany to do what they did. Really, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's difficult to argue otherwise. I think. Um... They did. I mean, they did incredibly well to to reach the final. Um, just came up a bit short, um, but they, I mean, they were they were, as you say, they were they were winning three two with uh, about a minute to go or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was Kaprizov who scored scored the overtime goal. But I mean, Germany they beat Canada in the semi final, which nobody would have expected. I think there'll be a bit of backlash in Canada after that one. Given their recent dominance, but Germany just, as it said, it was a kind of fairy tale story for them, and and they fully deserved to beat Canada in the semi. Yeah, they did. I watched. I watched the the semi final. Only watched the the highlights from the final. Um, but it just, I mean, it was a it was a great spectacle by all accounts. Um, it's just a shame that uh, the BBC kind of tend to shun the hockey. Yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why though. It's, it's just so bizarre to me. The fourth, the fourth highest attended sport in the UK, is just completely shunned by the UBC. Yeah. I think obviously there's not any funding for hockey, uh, Olympics hockey. I don't think anyway um, for yeah. for the GB team. And uh, I guess on that note, it'll be interesting to see how they do in the next World Championships. Having been promoted last year, I think there may be. Yeah. Maybe not as far off that as as it would appear, um, but uh, no, it just shows you with a kind of more level playing field in terms of the, the available players. A team that's got that belief and momentum like Germany can could have won it, and that would have been. I think they were the tenth seeds going into it. <laughs> would have been superb. Um, just wasn't to yeah. be. No, no, that's it. I think the next championships for us, that well, say us, but GB will be a, uh, it'll be a, a real test as well to see how far they've come uh, since being promoted. Yep. Just out of interest, there uh, looking it up, it's it's in Hungary in April, uh, and uh, GB are in Division One, Group A, with Slovenia, Italy, Kazakhstan. Poland and Hungary. Right, okay. Quite a large group. Yeah, I mean, they're groups of six, and then I think the, the top the top team 
gets promoted, uh, and that would be into the that would be into is it the world group they call it, whatever it is. Right. Um, but no, it's it just shows you that that there is the ability for an upset still. Yeah. Albeit, you know, they've still Germany have still got some cracking players, but not on the level of their opponents in the latter parts of the tournament. So maybe a clan can beat Cardiff. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never mm. happened. Um I'll quit cast again yeah, if I twice. Double quit. Rage quit. <laughs> Another sporting highlight, I guess, from the weekend before we got into the football was that Scotland managed to end a ten year wait, I believe it was, beating England in the in the Six Nations, which uh, was a was a good effort. I think even in, in any sport, having a losing record as long as that against a given opponent must get quite boring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I don't know if I, I think I'd maybe heard that the England team had been moaning about there was like a, a bust up in the tunnel before the game or something like that. I don't really know. I didn't read any uh, much about it, but Scotland, Scotland have obviously, obviously done well there. Um, Blabbing on here because yeah, no, I mean I'm not really a big rugby fan either. Uh, I did see a fair bit of it though, and essentially it was mm-hmm. it it was a deserved win, uh, and I think good to to show that England have won something like the last twenty four games. So no matter what yeah. what sport it is, it's always good to to be England. I remember the football, the qualifiers in the summer, <laughs> the the Lee Griffiths free kicks. Uh, Incredible. That was very close to that feeling. But uh, no, it's, it's always good to get one over on them. Um, yeah. Always makes a difference when there's a, a bit of silverware as well involved. Obviously, yeah. Calcutta Cup. Yeah, it's a funny one that, you know, a one-off. But Is is the Calcutta Cup as good as the Kirin Cup? Is it as good? Do you remember the Is it as good as the... The Scottish Cup. Well, well. What was the Kirin Cup again? The football one. The Kirin Cup. That was that. So it was the one uh, they competed for in Japan. I think. I think Japan had invited Scotland. Right. A couple of other countries over. Scotland managed to right. string three wins together. Or something. I vague, I do vaguely remember that actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. we can put it put it in the same sporting national sporting cabinet. <laughs> With yeah. a, a space for the World Cup, where the World Cup's going to go in uh, <laughs> two thousand and something. Not going to commit to the next fifty years, but maybe one day, maybe maybe three thousand and something. We'll see. I mean, no. we, we won't see. Obviously, maybe we'll be able to. Maybe we'll be able to stream it somewhere from wherever we are. See the celebrations. <laughs> Still need to pay yeah. a, a, a license fee. Might get away with that black and white though. Mm, maybe we could get could get somebody that knows somebody that could use a, a dodgy box. <laughs> Just uh, first class, send it up there. That's my sky box. <laughs> signed for, signed for tracked. Right. I'll get in. Get the <laughs> World Cup celebrations in uh, down the line in the future. Um, yeah, the the Mars World Cup. It would be great to um, to time travel. And of course, I've said that as a bit of a spoiler uh, to one of the sections coming up, but maybe we could time travel to Scotland winning the, 
the World Cup. Well, that that would be the obvious choice. More than anything else. Um, but yeah, we'll come on to that just after we cover a bit of the football section. There's a few few more stories than than usual in this. Um, so I guess just quickly whiz yeah. through what happened in Scotland last weekend in terms of the uh, the results themselves. It was a a two two each draw between Kilmarnock and Hibs. I guess the game will be more remembered for uh, Neil Lennon's incident with Kevin Clancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it just recently on sports scene. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, the the ball. It's a basically a, sh- a shot from the ed- from just outside the the area, and it's going at some some amount of pace. There's it's actually impossible to to move out the road of it. And I think what I think what Porteous does is he, he he lifts his his arm to protect his face. Like he's kind of turning away from the ball and it hits someone. Does the it elbow. deflect? Does it go straight onto his elbow? Does it deflect off? Is the shot straight onto? No, it, it hits right. him, it hits him straight in the elbow. But he's kind of turning round, kind of turning away. But it's difficult to get. It's difficult to give that when it's yeah. you know point blank. So obviously, Lennon wasn't happy, and Clancy comes over, and it's basically a, they have to the, the the coaching staff come over to prevent a fight. Is the only best way I could describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, always kind of get a bit disappointed whenever I see Lennon kind of basically just kind of making an arse of himself. But I think it was, I think it was justified. Yeah, I um, mean, he's he's not he's not been happy with specific decisions made by Mister Clancy this season. I don't think. Um, I wonder what he's. Uh, I wonder how how Lennon would do in the in the dugout at, at the clan. Well, you you knew you know you would get the passion, but maybe in, maybe in terms of knowledge, it may not work so much. Hmm, maybe not, but just. Uh, the big F. Ambrose at the back and we're sorted. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't too happy with the pitch either. I don't think. But who is? Uh, well, no, exactly. The other thing I saw is a a belter of a goal from Jordan Jones. I have to say. Yeah, yeah, a cracking goal. Absolutely. Um, on, just know how to. I was going to say win, but they know how to get results, get success at home. At the yeah. moment, there's no denying that. Yeah, I think it just shows what what a great job that Steve Clark's done since he's come in. Probably rightfully so that he was linked to the Scotland job at one point. Yeah, yeah, that would be an interesting, interesting to see Steve Clark taking that. Uh, obviously, experienced as a coach as well under really good managers. Yeah, but what style he would bring, I don't know. You never know, really. Not true. That's it. But. As usual, just kind of opted for someone that's already been there. Yeah. So, I think I would just take a winning style. I think everyone would. It's at that point. Yeah. Not exactly. That's what we want, really. You have to worry about the McLeish appointment, though, because he's obviously just living off the last time he was Scotland manager. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Can I just come back into the job after ten years or whatever it was? And, just pick up where you left off. Yeah, I see. Um, Scott Brown announced his retirement again. Yeah, uh, see that. Yeah, a lot of people have been. Uh, 
I don't know, not even not even really kind of making a joke about it, just saying like, oh, he's retired for the second time. And I'm like, well, after he came back, he was always going to retire again. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah he's not going to infinitely play on. No, no, exactly. It was funny, the, the Scott Brown thing at the weekend, where they got... <laughs> The guy came in and then he got the ball boosted off him and celebrated. He's always got something like that in him. You get that every so often. Very unpredictable a things, weird but, um... reaction that's... That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was quite funny. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I couldn't stop watching it this morning. It was the, the reaction to the challenge and then realising that actually I'd be better just getting up here and laughing. <laughs> yeah. um, that was worth a watch for anyone who's not seen that our old friends at Party at Thistle a devastating goal just, just towards the end at Hamilton to snatch away a point again I think only a couple of weeks ago the exact same thing happened uh, against yeah. Dundee but uh, this time Hamilton and that's really put them Thistle in a wee bit of trouble yeah, um, considering that, considering I actually picked Thistle this week, I'm thinking maybe if I pick them every week, they might lose. Obviously, Connor Salmon getting another pizza though. Well, that's it. So, I mean, who's who's the real winner? Um, you can't have you can't have the your cake and eat it. You can't have your pizza <laughs> no. and eat it. <laughs> well, even though even though I picked them, they still can't deliver. But Pizza Express deliver. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, so they, uh, yeah, they're almost making a habit of that, uh, throwing away, throwing away point at the end of the game. Not good for any Thistle fans, unfortunately. Nah, but what does it matter anyway? They're kind of found a level, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to not laugh there, but we'll move on. We'll move on. It's difficult. Um, Rangers beat Hearts, uh, as I think we predicted. Um, I think I think I'd said I think I'd said draw, but I should have known better, really. Right? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a great idea, especially Craig Levine. No, he only turns up against Bruni. Well, <laughs> exactly. Seems to be fascinated with him, so we'll maybe have something to say about the latest incident, but we'll see what comes out during the week. And St Johnson beat hapless Ross County. Yeah, uh, I don't think that was really too much of a surprise. Well, unless uh, unless David and Goal was playing, because we all know his ability. Yep. Uh, just out of interest, um, for anyone interested, Saudi Arabia are currently beating Moldova three <laughs> 0 uh, in a friendly. Goal scorers. Goal scorers at the moment. Uh, I couldn't even tell you to be honest. No. No. I can't even get on the page. I just know what the score is. So. Sorry for anyone really interested. Mm. Um, this week, though, a couple of games uh, midweek. Hearts play Kilmarnock. Mm. Um, given Kilmarnock's recent form, I wouldn't be surprised uh, for them to come away with something there. Um, but I've just got a feeling Hearts might nick it at home. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Kilmarnock. I think. Right. Okay. We nazy getting a goal. Potentially, yeah, good, good do. I just, I just like the way Coman are playing just now. Although they obviously had a, a terrible start against Hibs, but they managed to 
uh, fight back in the second half. So yeah, they're definitely a confident team. You have to say that. Yeah, they're confident and resilient as well. So we'll see what happens. St Johnston at home to Rangers. Can't really see St Johnston winning that. Although midweek going up there is not always easy. Um, but then I'm speaking as I'm speaking as if they're coming, they're finishing. Rangers players are finishing work at five or whatever, and then getting on a bus. <laughs> a midweek is really probably not much different to a weekend. Nah. And a fresh, a fresh set of VBTs uh, on the go, yeah. maybe. Nah, I, I think Rangers will probably win that. Um, yeah, I think so as well. Although St. Johnson only seem to show up for uh, Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. So. As Brendan said, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Tech play Dundee on Wednesday, which will absolutely win. Yeah. I don't think there's, oh, there's yeah. even any other question there. I mean, They've not been at their best recently, obviously, but games like that, they just know how to win. Yeah, um, we should win as well. So, now nah, I'll go I'll home win there. Um, and Hibs, Hibs are at home to Hamilton. I think they'll beat Hamilton there. Yeah. Hamilton's not been great defensively. But, uh, yeah, defensively they've been absolute shambles of, of late um Although you you could argue that uh, Thistle only managed to score a, a penalty against them, but yeah, yeah, that says more about Thistle's attack than it does Hamilton's defending. Yeah, Hibs are Hibs are quite entertaining and certainly got firepower going forward. Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see them dropping any points there. Um, and finally, Motherwell entertain Aberdeen, who were. Pretty soundly beaten by Celtic on Sunday. Yeah, I would say so. I think Aberdeen had their their fair share of chances. You could you could argue, but they sat they sat far too deep in the first half. Just allowed Celtic to come at them. Came out a bit more in the second half, and as a result, Michael Lustig gets sent off. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think both red cards were were warranted. I think Lustig was a second yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I. And you booked it for a. For a foul where he was just too slow. Right, and the guy was sent off for that challenge on Brown. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair enough from two of them. Um, I think Aberdeen will probably win against Motherwell, but... I'm going to say... Potentially one of the closer games. Yeah. I'm going to go score draw. Are we, are we Desmond 1-1? There's a couple of quick ones as well, just to, to go over... Next next Saturday as, as well as the midweeks, the big one between uh, our friends Party at Thistle, uh, who who are up at Ross County, and basically sort of not a relegation decider, but lose that and they're they're certainly struggling Thistle. Yeah, uh, they're they're in deep trouble if they if they lose that one as well, and I think they will. You think they will? No, I'm joking. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm taking Thistle. I think Thistle will win as well. They're um, two points behind Hamilton, uh, although having played two games more. Mm. Ross County are three behind Thistle, so there's obviously a lot in that game for both of them. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think yeah, I think Thistle will win that, although I've backed them quite a lot this year and they've kind of let me down a wee bit. I backed them last week in the loss, so I'm backing them again. 
St Johnston Hamilton. That's going to be a close one. I think I might finish uh, a draw. I, I would actually agree. I'm going to say draw as well. Celtic are playing uh, the the Millions men. Are they still sponsored by Millions? Yeah, I think they are. I think it's a, it's a green company, yeah. I think. Yeah, so they're playing Morton uh, half 12 on, on Saturday in the quarterfinal of the Cup. I think that'll be a yeah. pretty comfortable win. Um, I think Celtic will make it difficult for themselves, but I think I think we'll win. I think if they don't get that's a, a huge upset if they don't get through that. Aye, without a doubt, yeah. Mega. So I expect that. Um Aberdeen home to Kilmarnock. Another mm. tough one given what Kilmarnock have done, but a lot of this probably depends on the midweek results in a way. Yeah, I guess so. Um but take it, taking that out of the equation, mm-hmm. I think Aberdeen will maybe sneak it up at home by the odd goal potentially, but I know Kilmarnock will make it hard. Yeah, that's a, a coin flip game. It could go either way. I think Aberdeen will just edge it as well. The other two quarterfinals ties on the Sunday, Motherwell Hearts. Close. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Hearts but again both teams to score I think yeah it's a it's another another difficult one I would agree as well though I think Hearts will just edge it and then Rangers playing Falkirk Ibrooks. I think they'll win that to be honest yeah especially at home don't think mm. it, you know it could be relatively tight I think Falkirk will probably be sitting in but I think Rangers have been scoring a few goals recently and albeit I wouldn't be surprised if Falkirk scored but I think they'll get through that so you'd potentially be looking at an old firm semi there. Mm, Potentially, yeah. To go with, what is there, another one in a couple of weeks? Yeah, on the 11th. Right. Well, we'll see what happens in those. Um, after, After that, I'll sort of I think by a couple of weeks you'll really know what what kind of shape teams are in in terms of where they're going to finish. Certainly the the ties at the bottom are pretty crucial. I mean, I think it's it's a given Celtic are going to win it, but you've got second up for grabs. Three teams potentially, if you include Hibs in that, can get in there. And then you're looking at probably any from five at the bottom. Uh, I'm including St. Johnson there, who yeah. Uh, yeah, albeit are six points ahead of Thistle, but also actually also with two games in hand, so maybe less likely to be dragged in it, but still need to win those games. Yeah, so it's probably going to go right down to the wire. Um, but I think, as you say, the next kind of the next couple of fixtures will uh, determine what the what the end of the the season will play out like. One of the uh, funny things from the weekend, a clip that's gone viral, um, and it's kind of, we can relate to it a wee bit, was the, the Duisburg keeper from uh, Germany. Now, we were on a, a stag do from a, of a particular party at Thistle fan last year, and uh, we attended one of the Duisburg games. So I suppose that's kind of more relevant to us than maybe somebody else, but it was essentially he had 
keeper had gone to take a drink in the net when he thought the play was up the other end. Yeah. And the long ball came through. That's what it looked like. The long ball comes. Yeah. And he's still in the net. <laughs> uh, and the guy, striker, just runs on and taps it in. Yeah. And all the teammates are just standing looking at him. I know. Why, I don't... why he's doing what he does. Totally bizarre. Obviously, it's not the first time this season we've had goal, goalkeeping errors in, in Germany. You remember the one with the the keeper thought he'd stop the ball and it was actually the yeah. penalty. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but I don't really know the I don't really know the context of this one. I think that it was maybe a a goal that got chopped off or something like that for Duisburg, maybe. And, right, and the and play comes down the end really quickly. Yeah, right. I think so, but. I mean, how how long has the keeper got his turn back for? Get his turn back. <laughs> his turn back. Get his turn back. Get your turn back, big man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a strange one. I, I don't think there's been, or there probably has, but an explanation from the keeper himself. But they went on to win the game, so I guess it's probably all seem, seem as a kind of joke, really, with the teammates. If it had gone the other way, I, I'm not so sure. Aye, just like imagine, imagine Doris de Vries doing that. Well, I suppose you wouldn't need to imagine too much, but uh, given his his antics on Thursday night, yeah, it's the unfortunate thing for a, a goalkeeping error almost certainly results uh, in a goal, and uh, yeah, that was just one of those crazy moments. Yeah, mo- moment of madness. Two minutes of madness. <laughs> Two minutes for madness. Um, unless you've got anything else you want to bring up on the on the football front, I was going to go into um, a wee bit of critical mode. Uh, no, I don't really. Um, I don't really ha- like. I don't have a football. Although I will say that I, <laughs> I watched a wee bit of soccer Saturday, um, and <laughs> was a goal scorer for Swindon, and his name <laughs> his name. It looked as if it said Roland Mayonnaise. Right. But his name is Roland Menese or something. Okay. But it looked really strange. I bet uh, Jeff Stellan had a good laugh at that one. Well, he, did, he, he initially made made a joke and then said, no, it's his, it's his first uh, senior uh, professional goal, so we'll let him away with right. it. It's a brilliant name. Imagine, imagine calling your son Roland I know. Roland Keaton. You've got a lot of a lot of surnames that that could potentially go well with. Yeah. Chips. Of course, yeah. The guy from Catchphrase. The we assistant <laughs> from Catchphrase. Roland Chips. Roland Sausage. Um, yeah, so a wee bit of critical mode. Yep, yeah, a wee bit of critical mode. Happy for that. I don't mind going first this week. Uh, or I've got... It's up to you. You choose. Eh... Uh, well, that's fine. You can go first. Okay. So, you're going to give me my subject then? I will give you your subject. Okay. I'll whack a minute on the clock. And uh, let's go for it. So, for critical mode this week, and this is basically, it kind of popped into my head during the week, and I thought this really annoys me. Right. So, I better make a good job of it. Well, no. I just mean, like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of annoys me more than it should, I think. So I just wanted to test the water to okay. see how much I annoyed you. And it's people that say, so I did, 
or so it was. Okay. Yep. Uh, see, I don't know though because it's not really. Well, I can give. It's not really. You can't really expand on that, I guess. I can give you a minute. I can get a minute on it because I can think of something related as well that is annoying me. Okay, so let's just say, as a sort of general topic, then uh, phrases, phrases that people say that add nothing that, to a sentence. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I'll put my minute on the clock, and I'll say that my own time starts now. So you get these um, extra phrases, as we may call them, sentence finishers that people get into a habit of coming up with. Um, the problem I have with so I did is that what it does is obscures what they were actually saying, distracts from what you want to hear from the meaning of the sentence. You end up just thinking, why does this guy say so I did and so it was so often? And by the end of the sentence, you're thinking, he just said so I did. But what did they actually say? Because I've totally switched off. <laughs> the other one I hear uh, from that point of view is what it is is. <laughs> Not only is it grammatically shocking, but again, you're adding a double word, an extra word that's not even needed. What it is is. What do I, need? I don't need to say anymore. I, and that's my minute. That's you. Um, well aware that I said that on, a, <laughs> on an episode a couple of weeks back. What it is is. What it is is. I'm not even sure I brought it up because of that, but I heard that a couple of times today. That is shocking. So it is is. The other one that I would, the other ones that I would maybe say are like, if you're in meetings and perhaps senior management would put ISE on the end of a word, for example, diarise. Right. Like, put that in your diary. If you diarise that. <laughs> diarise. It's a good one, actually. Diarise, mate. The, uh, the subject I've got for you, would you like me to reveal it? I would love to know what it is. Okay, so the subject for your minute is time zones. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, okay. And the fact that they exist, essentially. So, all the best, and your time starts now. Right, okay. My problem with time zones is that you could argue being in the in the fly earth society that why would you need time zones why can't you just have the same time throughout the world you get on a flight you're going on your holidays and say you go to the states or something like that you go on your flight and you get off and it's pretty much the same time as when you left you're just you're absolutely knackered for the rest of the day you've got jet lag what do you do? Do you go do you go to sleep right away and then get up and try break into the, the normal time that they live to? Or do you just well, I've I've went well I've went well over here. <laughs> That's your minute ten. <laughs> ten on time zones. Um, Floundering up. Yeah, I was just thinking about the other day. The the whole changing your watch and all that extra stuff you need to do. It's just so much to be critical of, but Aye. one of those things in life, I guess. Um, That's it. Our, our final any other business 
topic this week. I believe you've uh, you found a good one for us. Yeah, um, I found this just when I was looking at. <clears throat> I was looking up kind of weird news items that have happened in the last week. So we've got here. I found this absolute belter on the mirror, and it's uh, <laughs> the <clears throat> the headline is time traveler born in twenty forty three claims that 9-11 was engineered to bring the US together and stop a second civil war. So already that headline's a bit of a mouthful, but Time Traveller, born in 2043. So the thing that is probably, yeah, as you say, the funniest about that is just the the quoted uh, part there. Time Traveller, born in 2043. (laughs) Has the guy come and said... (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm a time traveller and I'm an MF2043. If that doesn't sell newspapers, then I don't know what will. Or, so has he volunteered himself? Or have they somehow discovered this guy? Well. You know, he's been kind of hiding away and uh, they're looking about and they find this guy in the dark, in a dark corner. Well, that's a thing, Blow off but... the cobwebs and there's this kind of scruffy looking unshaven guy who claims to be born in 2043 that's the thing but they don't uh, well, they don't reveal what he looks like do they I don't think so I've not I've not watched the, the video the, the full way through but he actually not that I can see he actually talks about there was another time traveller uh, from 2038 he came back his name was Titor he came back in 2000, he says, and stopped a civil war in America. So are these guys coming from 2043 to tell us that, that, that 9-11 was intended to do that? Yes. Is that, is that, that's what's happening, right? The only way it seemed to stop a civil war breaking out was for the American government to... To, to fly planes into the Twin Towers. No, never mind the uh, the kind of shock of this guy doing it. The technology involved is quite impressive. But then, conversely, the fact that he's only making the mirror mm. makes you wonder, was this done on a budget? Is this a sort of budget airline time traveller? Ryanair. Yep. Maybe his name is Ryan Air. <laughs> How's Ryan L? There he is, L. So he's come back and he's made these claims. Can you imagine if if I had the ability to time travel and I was going back to say, hmm, I don't know, whenever. I'm trying to think if I would bother just making claims. I think I would, I think I'd want to just do stuff instead of making claims. See, I'd be worried that part part of time travel, you would be kind of, you would be forced not to admit to someone that you're a time traveler because now now people are going to think in the future there will be there will be time travel. But the way that guy's talking is that it's going to come into effect within twenty years. Do you know what would get you caught if you were a time traveler, but you were trying to kind of blend in time zones? Think how much of a problem you'd have trying to make sure you're in the right time zone 
Link of the jet lag. They're coming back that far. The jet lag, exactly. You'd be, you'd need to sleep for, for years before you would be able to. A hot lemon infused face cloth can only do so much. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I don't know. I, I think, I think if I was, uh, if I was coming back, I would go back to do stuff, but I would bring, I'd have to bring all my favourite, all my favourite things as well. Yeah. Just to show people what it's going to be like, just to, mm. just to give people something to look forward to. Then, do you think we could maybe time travel back to uh, August and tell all the people who are going to buy a season ticket, no to bother? <laughs> tell them we're not going to sign. We're going to have a full roster until late November. Tell them that Ryan Nye is actually going to face 50 shots. <laughs> and that the team's definitely not built from the back. Aye. Well, maybe, what about this theory? People have been coming back, time travelling, and what they've been doing is writing films about time travel. For example, Looper. Have you seen Looper? I have, yeah. And basically... Can you imagine Jerry saying that, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Looper. Back in the good old days of Jerry's commentary. Keither. Keither to Pitter. Pitter to Looper now. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so they're making films like Looper. Aye. And basically they're, they're raking in the money from that. I mean, and it's really easy to make the film because they know, oh, they know how to do what's happening. They know exactly what to do. But you can't show you can't show people exactly how it's done. So that's why they've got to make it shite. Aye. They've got to make it seem as if I don't actually know what's what's meant to be happening with time travel. All I know is that it is that at some point it will happen. So I think that's what they're doing. I think they're going to. I think they come back. They write these films, and uh, they they live a, a lavish lifestyle after that. Yeah. So do you think J.J. Abrams is a time traveller, and uh, <laughs> he thought we'll do a couple of decent Star Wars films, but then. He fucked it. Well, because he realised I can't. This no, this isn't going to work. They're going to, they're going to know. They're going to know. I'll need to do. I'll need to do the new one. So he just he does a wee last Jedi just to cover himself up, just to cover. Yeah, well, then I think we've got kind of we've got different views on the last Jedi. We do, and, and that's potentially for another day. Yeah, we'll maybe save that for the last Jedi podcast. Yeah. Probably coming in the summer. The last Jedcast. When there's no there's no clan to talk about. So I mean that could be in a month's time anyway. So could be, yeah, uh, yeah. We interrupt these playoffs to bring you <laughs> No exactly clan related chat. So it makes you I don't know, it just makes me think is this guy is he a genuine time traveller? Or is he just a bit fucking mental? I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I think you. I think you would want you to believe that he's mental, maybe. Until I meet him, I can't be accusing. I don't know why you would come out and say that. I don't know why you would come out and say I'm a time traveller, because if he is, he'll have been the first guy ever to do it. Maybe he's bored of time travelling. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's wanting to just come out of shell. Could be. Maybe he's. Uh, maybe he's been given a written warning. 
and he's kind of he's on the verge of getting kicked out. He's been given a time violation. Yeah, so he's maybe thinking, do you know what? Fuck it, fuck the law. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that could be a possibility. Yep. Yeah. Oh, if, if anyone else uh, <laughs> has any th- theories or thoughts about Mister Phillips and and his real identity, then. <laughs> Don't hesitate to let us know. Yep. My only my only other question would be if he's coming back to cause mayhem, did he cause nine eleven? He's come back to cause it. That's maybe a, a matter for, for another podcast as well. So not only is he saying the reason for it, he's also actually doing it as well. Yep. That's what I believe to be that's what that's what I'm taking from it anyway. Well Just make makes you think. Makes you think. What else has he done? Makes you wonder if if I'm actually time travelling right now. Well we'll need to we'll need to time travel pretty soon to get to get to the quiz on time. That's true. <laughs> uh, well I guess we'll need to time travel to the end of the episode as well. I guess we'll do that. And uh Oh we might have a potentially a, a special edition episode maybe later on this week. Yeah, I would like to think so. But if we don't, then I'll edit this bit out. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, so it's been a pleasure as always. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for listening. This has been episode seven. <laughs>